0: I sing praises to you Praise God. Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, again, we thank you for this time that we have with you today, O Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit shall minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, you know what's going on in their lives. You know what's happening with them, O Lord God. So who is better, Lord God, to minister to them than you, O Lord? So I pray in the name of Jesus, reach out and touch them, speak to them in your own special way, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. I pray that you prepare the hearts and the spirits and the minds of these, your people, O Lord God, to hear these words, O Lord God, and to understand these words today and receive them in the mighty name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. Amen. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis One. I'm glad you could join us today. I just want to start off by just asking you a simple question: Do you uh, do you have any plans for your future? Uh, do you have any goals? Uh, do you have a vision, you know, for the future? You know, are there some things out there that you've been praying for? Some answers that you'd like to to uh, to some of the things that you would like to see happening in your life? You know, maybe you're in business, maybe you're in school, um, maybe there's something with the family or whatever. But do you have any vision? You know, do you have a vision? Do you, do you have any goals? Uh, the Word of God speaks on the subject matter. We're going to get into that today uh, uh, quite a bit. And the Word of God says that uh, concerning vision, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. OK, so without having some kind of a vision, some kind of goals, you know, some sort of dreams, uh, then we particularly are children of God then we wind up perishing. You know, we wind up becoming separated from God and and we just kind of drift along aimlessly. We need to have goals and visions, you know, and if you don't have a vision, uh, you know, start, start with a, a short term goal. You know, you don't have to go planning out for the next twenty years, the next ten years, the next five years. If you don't if you can't see that far ahead yet because you just don't know where things are going in your life, then start with some short term goals. You know, say by the end of the month I'd like to accomplish so and so. By the end of next month. Accomplish so and so, or maybe it's a weak thing that you need. You need to do okay. But 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 start setting up some goals, and then as you as you uh, uh, create these short term and and, and mid term type goals, then you can work towards establishing a longer vision. You know, for where you'd like to see things uh, heading. You know, because the more you can articulate to, that to God, not that God doesn't know, but the more you can articulate your, your prayer uh, towards God, the more that the more he can he can act because it shows it shows God that you, you do have some solid plans. You're not just laying back and and, and, and looking to him for for everything. Uh, OK, there are some things in life that he wants us to do, you know. And maybe as a matter of fact, the vision, if you already have a vision or you have a goal that you've been been praying about, you know, you know, maybe maybe your faith has been wavering on the subject matter because, you know, here it is. I don't know. A week has gone by. Two weeks has gone by. A month has gone by. Maybe some years have gone by and you still haven't seen that thing materialized yet. That vision or that goal or that dream, you know, and then your faith winds up wavering. Okay, you see, but 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 stop and think about for a minute. The prayers that you're sending up and that you're asking for and that what you're saying to God uh, or, or quite often is, is that, gee, Lord, you know, I'm, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. And it has materialized. You know, you ever stop and ask yourself that maybe just maybe maybe God is waiting on you for something. OK, maybe God is waiting on you for something. So many times we go praying for something and we throw it up there and say, okay, Lord, here, catch. You know, this is what I need in my life. This is what I would like to see happen. You know, and you're waiting for God to take some action. But maybe there's something that you need to do. And many times we overlook that. God could be waiting on you to to, to surrender something. God may be waiting on you to surrender something. Something you could be holding back on. Something that is near and dear to you. Sometimes we hold back something concerning a, a relationship that you need to maybe give to God. Sometimes you're holding back in, t- in terms of, of possessions. You know, we all don't know what money can do. I mean, gee whiz, if we all of a sudden, we start becoming chintzy with God, and the Bible talks quite a bit about giving, you know, tithes and offerings. And there's a difference, by the way, tithing is that part, uh, that 10% that belongs to God, that is mandatory. Offerings are anything that you can give above uh, the tithe, above the tithe, you know. You know, so so don't get the two. You know, say okay, I, I I tithe. You know, so so that's enough. Uh, you know, you should be looking towards. You know, how can I how can I give a little something else? You know, it doesn't have to be as much as the tithe. It may be just a couple of bucks or whatever. You know, but but it's the whole fact of you just giving because God loves a cheerful giver. You know, so maybe you're holding on too much to your financial possessions. You know, sometimes it could be it could be other objects. In our lives that we we hold to be so precious. You know, I always talk about that that fictional, you know, person that loves restoring cars and so much. And, you know, and he puts this car before God all the time, puts this car, be fixing on that car on Sunday before going to church. Maybe you're holding on to some possession, you know, some other other object or something that you you need to release it and then just give it to God. It could be a behavior. You know, a behavior, a habit that you have that you've been been developing and that you need to get rid of, you need to stop doing. Maybe you're holding on to that habit. Okay. But sometimes when we're holding on to things so dearly, God is waiting for us to release that. To release that is an old song by um, Alvin Slaughter, you know, and he basically says, what's that in your hand? You know, so sometimes you need to start asking yourself, what am I holding on to? God, do I need to release this to you? You may be holding on to something that seems precious to you, that seems precious to you. And you need to maybe surrender that to God. And that's something that you need to pray about. Okay? And once we start surrendering to God and stop holding on to things so dearly and, start, and, stop, and stop estimating you know, why I need this so much and, and, and thinking about that, you'll see some change come into your life. And as usual, let's go to the Word of God to see what the Word of God has to say about it. And uh, uh, I, now's a good time to say that if you don't have your Bible, why don't you grab it and come back and join us? Bring a pad and pencil, perhaps, and take some notes or a highlighter and mark it up. Mark your Bible up so that in the future when the Holy Spirit you know, has something to say to you, these messages, these words can be revealed back to you. You know, maybe you need need to act on something. Amen. Amen. So take some notes. Amen. Okay. So go and get your Bible and we're going to go to um, 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17. And we're going to start with verse number one. 1 Kings 17, verse number one. Praise the living God. <clears throat> and Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Okay. So he's prophesying here. God is saying that the rain is going to stop for some years. Okay. And the backstory here is, you know, Ahab and Jezebel, and you can read the preceding chapters and what they were something else. I mean, they were doing so many things, you know, and Ahab was just, boy, he was he was, he was just terrible in terms of not following God and doing things against God. But anyway, so, but he's prophesying here. He said, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Verse number two, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Okay, so he's telling Elijah here, this rain is going to stop, but I'm going to send you someplace here, and the ravens are going to take care of you. Okay, and and they shall feed thee there. And so verse five says, he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt uh, by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Now, the interesting thing there in five, and the interest, very interesting thing, is that five says he went and did. You see, now we have to start getting into the habit when God tells us to do something, to do it. OK, God knows what's coming down the pike. God knows what is in your future. So when God starts telling you to do something, we need to make sure that we just obey him. Don't start with a whole lot of questions. I mean, he said, you know, God told him, he said, say, go eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook and I've commanded the ravens to feed thee. OK, so he's saying there that I'm going to provide for you. Okay, if God tells you to go someplace and you're not sure what the outcome is going to be and you start asking, well, gee, how am I going to make a living or how am I going to do this? How, 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 how? God will provide if you simply obey and do what he's telling you to do. Okay, he will provide whatever those needs may be. Okay. And don't worry about it. If God is telling you to do something and you know that, 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 you know that this is God, Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And get up and go here and go there and do this. Then you just make sure that you do it. Okay. So five verse five says he did it. Verse number six says, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. So just like God said, the ravens provided and he had water in the brook. And and it came to pass, verse seven. After a while, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now remember, uh, he had, he had uh, prophesied to Ahab that it was going to stop raining for some years. Okay, but God was providing for him during those years. Okay, but it says now it came came to time uh, uh, came to pass that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now verse eight, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, more instructions now. Arise, get thee to Zarephath which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he's telling him to go someplace else now. And he says that, and 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 I've assigned someone, I've commanded this woman, a widow woman, who is going to take care of you. Okay. So here now God is giving him advanced notice that don't worry about it. I'm sending you someplace, but there's going to be someone there to take care of your needs. Now, sometimes God will put put uh, put that to us also. Okay. Sometimes you may not hear those exact words, but there'll be a quiet in your spirit knowing that this is what God wants me to, to do and I will be okay. I will be okay. God will provide for, provide for me there through someone perhaps, but, but no matter what, God will provide for me, okay? So he said, and this woman will sustain thee. Verse 10 says, so he arose and went to Zarephath. Again, there's the obedience to the word of God. He arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Okay. So he asked the water, uh, the woman, please bring me some water. And verse 11 says, and as she, as she was going to fetch it, he called her and said, bring me, pray, uh, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. Okay. So first he asked for some water. She's on the way to get the water. And he said, oh, by the way, can you bring me some bread? Okay. Can you bring me some bread? And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal and a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. In a cruise, and behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. Okay. In other words, she's saying I don't have this much at all. I, I just have have, have a little, little bit of oil, and I'm gathering sticks to go and, and cook it for me and my son that we're going to eat it, and then we're just going to die. So she didn't have much at all. She had very little. So here you have now, you know, in her, in her, in her mind, you have this man coming along here and he's first, he asked for some water and then he asked for some food. Well, Jesus, I don't have, I don't have. Okay. She said, I'm doing, I'm going to put it on. And then my son and I are going to eat and die. Verse 13 said, and Elijah said unto her, fear not, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me. And after make for thee and for thy son. Now, can you imagine? She's probably looking at him, okay? She just, she just got through telling him, I don't have much. This is a little bit for me and my son. But now this man is saying, "Make forget about you and your son, but make this little cake for me first, for me first. Verse 14 says, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth, okay? So he's telling her, he says, don't you worry about it. Okay, don't you don't you worry about it. The Lord God of Israel said, said that the barrel of oil, of meat, of meal shall not waste. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail. In other words, you'll have plenty. You'll have plenty. So what he was telling her was that if you take care of me first, take care of me first, God will bless you and will provide for you and provide for you. Again, we have to follow God's instructions. God may tell us to do something that does not make sense. It may require for us to, to do something for someone else first. It may require us to do something that makes no sense at all, especially if we don't have much. If we're in a financial situation where we do not have much and there's a dream, a goal, a vision that you have and God is giving you direction towards achieving and seeing that goal come in, uh, goal come to fruition and whatnot and God has given you some directions, you have to be prepared. Take care of what God is telling you to do first. Amen. 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 So then it says in verse 15, and she went and did according to the saying of Elijah and she and he and her house did eat for many days. Okay. So she obeyed the prophet. And what happened? She and he did eat according uh, and, and ate for many days. She did exactly what he said to do. So again, it's being obedient to the word of God. When we can't see to the other side, we don't know how, what this outcome is going to be. We have to try as hard as it may be. We have to get ourselves to the point that we just obey God. OK, we just do what he says to do, OK, especially when there's when there's nothing visible in your hands, so to speak. There's nothing visible in, in your hands where where you don't have much, but maybe God is telling you to do something. OK, and you have to be free and, 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 and quick to obey him. Verse 16 says, And the bread and the bread of meal wasted not. Neither did the crews of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. OK, so here she did first. She didn't hold on to that oil and that bread, and that meal and say that, Oh no, I don't have what was in her hands. She released and gave to the man of God. So what is that in your hand? Is it possible that you may be holding something back from God? Is something to you so, so, so cherished? Something to you so important? be it a person, be it a habit, be be, be it a a material possession, be it a bank account, a a car, or or something else that is so precious to you that, that this thing comes before God, you have to be able and willing to give it up. If it's a bad habit, give it up. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's someone that God is telling you to separate yourself from. Maybe it's someone that you've been hanging around with that is holding you back from receiving your blessing. Maybe it's someone that you've been around that you frequent seeing and is really bringing you down, dragging you down, stopping you from worshiping God, stopping you from going to church, stopping you from praying, stopping you from reading your Bible, discouraging you. Maybe you need to let go of that person. Let go. What's that in your hand that you might be holding back? Okay. Alrighty. Stop and think about material possessions, whatever it may be, you know? I mean, I'm a gadget person, you know, and God knows I've got <laughs> tablets and this and that and this and that, you know, and, and, and those things, are, you know, are very important to me. But if God tells me that, that that you've got to give that tablet up or you've got to get rid of this, you've got to stop doing this, then I will stop doing it. Otherwise, that vision, that goal, those dreams that I have may never come to materialize, Okay. So what's that in your hand? What's that in your hand that you may be holding back from God? Okay. The widow followed the prophet's um, directions there and she said, me and my son, we're just going to eat what little we have and we're going to die. But he said, give to me first. And she did. She gave to the Lord first. And as a result, what she had was multiplied. The oil and the bread did not fail. Okay. Verse uh, 16 again, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruse of oil uh, fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Verse 17 says, and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house fell sick and the sickness was so sore or so bad that there was no breath left in him. Okay. So in other words, he died. OK, and she said to Elijah, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? OK, so in other words, she's saying, she's saying, gee, I mean, I guess she's thinking in her head, I took you in, you know, I fed you. I gave I gave what little I had to you first. OK, OK. And yes, granted, you know, the, the, the stuff has not run out. You know, we have plenty of food and everything. like that. But now all of a sudden my son dies. What's going on here? You know, I did what you asked me to do, but now my son dies. You see? Okay. And, and, and there may be some times, you know, where we are following what God is telling us to do. Remember I said, Jesus said that you will have tribulation in this world, but Jesus is greater than this world than the world. We may have a tribulation. We're following God's direction and following it, but we may have a tribulation. Something, something, you know, may really set us back. Okay. But don't forget, we have to remember the fact that God is God and God will do what he says he's going to do. And if we stop worrying about that, don't let that bother you. If there is a minor setback or even a major setback, you keep trusting on God. As long as you do what he's calling you to do, okay, and you're putting him first, as long as you're doing what he's calling you to do, you will indeed be okay. You'll be okay. God will bring you through, okay? So she said here, you know, what have you done? You know, what have you done that that you're here now to slay my son? Verse 19 says, and he said unto unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he was staying, where he abode, where he was staying, and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? He's asking the Lord. And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's son soul come unto him again. Let the child's soul come unto him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came back into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said unto Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Okay? Now... See the chain of events here, okay? Elijah was directed to this woman by God, so she was there, okay? She was had very little. She was prepared to just give up, eat what little she had, and just go on and die, okay? But then the man of God came along and told her what to do. What if she had refused him? What if she just said, no, I'm just going to eat this stuff and die? What if she had refused him, Okay? Now, if she had not done what God had, 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 had um, sent Elijah you, you know, to, to do, and if she had not done what uh, Elijah asked her to do, her son would have gotten sick, and Elijah may not have been there to save the son. Elijah may not have been there to call, down, call out to the Lord to revive him. You see? So because of the fact that Elijah was obedient to God, and then she was also obedient to the prophet of God, she was now in a position that her son could be saved. You see? So we never know what is coming down the pike. She didn't know that her son was going to get sick and die. We never know what is going to be coming down the pike, but we have to make sure that we are obeying God every single step of the way. Okay? Because this way, God will be there. God will be there to bail us out of any difficulty. So we have to be always ready to put God first. And remember, ask yourself, what is this in my hand that I may be holding back from God? What is it that could be released? What is it that could be released? We also see more in this line uh, in, in Scripture there, because we now we, if we go to Matthew 14, verse 15. Matthew 14. Verse fifteen. Okay. Now we're going to go here first, and then we're going to go to the book of John. Now this is the event where it's the feeding of the five thousand. But I want to show you in Scripture here where there's a difference between these events written in two different books. We're in Matthew now. We're going to go to John next because I want to point out point out something very important here. Okay. So now we go to 14 verse 15. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals, victuals or food is food. But Jesus said unto them, they need not depart, give you them to eat. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes he said, bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves of, uh, to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained 12, uh, 12 baskets full. And they, uh, that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. Okay. So you know, those events, you know, the story written quite well. Okay. He said that, you know, to feed the people. And they said, we don't have, we don't have anything, but five loaves and two fishes. Okay. Now, interesting. Now, what I want you to do now is to go to John six, verse one, John chapter six, verse number one. And, and we're looking at the, um, at the, the, same, the same set of events, okay, written by, by John. After these things, Jesus went over, verse one, after these things, Jesus went over uh, the Sea of Galilee, which is, is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased, diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And Jesus went up into a mountain, uh, and verse four, and the Passover a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said to Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Okay, so he looks out at this crowd of people and he says, where are we going to get food? How how are we going to feed so many people? Amen. There was a multitude of people there. Verse number six says, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Okay, Jesus knew what he would do. Okay. But he asks them the question. Jesus knows what he's going to do in your life, but maybe he's asking you a question. Maybe he's asking you a question because he wants to see how you are going to respond. Okay, God always has a plan for your life. God knows exactly where your life is going. But maybe sometimes God might ask you a question. That's why it's important for us to be in prayer. That's why it's important for us to seek God at all times in the morning, noon, evening. Seeking God for, for definitely when you 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 when you're, you have a goal or a vision or something that you that you're, you're praying for, okay. God has a plan. God has, an, but there may be something that God is asking you. God may be asking you, when are you going to release that to me? When are you going to let open your hand and let that go? What's that in your hand that you may be holding back? So Jesus asked them, Jesus knew what he was going to do, but he asked, he put the question to them. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So, so, so sometimes when we're praying the, the question or part of our prayer should be, to be, God, is there anything that I need to know? Okay. Is there anything that I need to know, anything that I need to do? Heavenly father, or just ask him anything that you want to ask me and see what he says. God may very well ask you a question. You ever stop and think that in your prayer time that God may actually talk to you in a way of a loving heavenly father and ask you a question and say, when, blah, 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 blah. Will you, blah, blah, blah. Okay, God knows what he's going to do. All right. So he asked them the question. He says, uh, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip, verse 7 says, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. It's a little bit of money that they had said is not enough to feed all these people. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, now look at this, verse number 9. This is not in the other book uh, that we just read. This is not in Matthew, verse 9. There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Okay. So there's a little lad there that had lunch or whatever that was, but he, but he had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? All right. Verse 10 says, and Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing may be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Okay. Now, back in Matthew, you know, it goes right to the point and says that Jesus made the men sit down and he, he, he blessed the loaves and so on like that. And the loaves were multiplied. Okay. And we know, we know the miracle that was done there. But the point is, though, in John, it mentions that the lad was the one that had the five barley loaves and two fishes, two small fishes. So when they went to the lad and said, may we have this to feed the people, or whatever words they used, what if that lad had said, no, I'm not going to give this up to you? What if that lad had said, I have to hold on to this because I need to feed me. I need to take care of me first. He did not hold on to that. He did not keep those things in his hand. He released them to the Lord. He released them to the Lord, this lad. We have to be like that lad, okay? Okay. Okay. Sometimes we can be holding on to something that is blocking, blocking our own blessings. If he had not released those fishes, then that crowd, that multitude there, that miracle would not have gone forth. I mean, I'm sure Jesus would have had to do something else, but the point of that particular miracle, though, (coughs) excuse me, it would not have gone forth if that lad had not decided to release what was in his hand. Okay. Again, it's being obedient to God and willing to give it up. All right. This lad was was instrumental in making this miracle come about that we all know about and, and will be sustained. in over time, it's been written 2000 some 2000 years ago, it was documented here in the word of God. And because of this lad was willing to let go, release what was in his hand. Amen. That's the point that we need to get to where we can do likewise. The dream or the vision that you're hoping so much for and you're crying out to God about. You know, find out and inquire, Lord, am I missing the mark someplace? Am I missing it? You know, am, 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 am I missing uh, uh, why I'm not seeing this vision I, I, Why th- th- this prayer is, is, not, is not being answered? You know? You, know? you know, speak to him, speak to him, speak to him, speak to him, you know, and let him know that you're willing to release whatever is in your hand and let it go. God knows what you need. God knows what your dreams are. God knows that you have a vision and you have some plans, you know? And and don't get discouraged. Do not get discouraged. Do some soul searching. You know, if you're doing A, B, and C, and this is what God had told you to do, A, B, and C, and something else is still missing, then ask him, what is that thing that is missing? You know? So many times we think that, well, you know, you know, you know, God is all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. and He's all knowing. He's he's omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient. Why isn't my dream coming to be, coming to pass? Well, like, like I said, when I started out, sometimes we can be holding ourselves back. Amen. Amen. So ask God, Lord, am I missing something? Is there something that uh, 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 you know I, I should be doing? Uh, am I holding on to something? Am I am I so worried? You, you know, I, I've heard I've heard people say, our oh, well, gee whiz, you know, my, my bank account is getting low, and my cushion, my cushion is getting smaller and smaller than I have there." You know, don't worry about that cushion. Don't worry about that bank account. Do what God is telling you to do. If God tells you to give a portion of that way, to give something to someone or to an organization or to the church or whatever it may be, don't worry about that cushion. God is your cushion. God is your cushion. Don't put your finances before God because you're holding that in your hand. You're holding back. You're not releasing it to God. And that alone could be something that is slowing down your progress in him. Amen. Amen. So pray about it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Okay. What's that in my hand, Lord, that I may be holding on to? What's that in my hand that you can use? So here it is, Lord, take it, take it. I give it to you willingly. I give it to you lovingly. I give it to you, O Lord God, because this is what you want me to do. Amen. And again, you know, the the same way uh, Elijah went when God told him to go to Zarephath, you know, you get up and you go and do whatever God is telling you to do. okay. Okay. God told Elijah to go to the widow woman, go to this widow. He didn't even know what she looked like. All he knew, all he knew that God, God said to go to her while he was waiting before that, the ravens fed him. So God will provide. That's the point. God will always provide. Never doubt that. Now, not for one single moment. Never doubt it. God will indeed provide. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And uh, if it was, share the links uh, to these uh, messages. Uh, We can reach that uh, found at uh, www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis1.sermon.net. And look at the uh, top of the page there. You'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be automatically notified when these messages are available. Um, We are also on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. And of course, we have our apps for Android and uh, Apple devices. Um, And these uh, apps, as well as the website, you can um, download these messages free of charge, no charge. You can download them either in the uh, video portion, um, uh, the the video uh, type (laughs) or the uh, audio only type. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So uh, go forth and be blessed, and remember always that Jesus is indeed Lord, and he's in charge of your life. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. Why don't we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've just had with you, Lord God, and we pray, O Lord, as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead that we shall remember these words, O Lord God, and keep them them deeply rooted in our spirits that we cannot forget them, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, search our hearts, O oh Lord God, and speak to us. Let us know if there is something that we're holding on to that we should be letting go. For you, O oh Lord God, speak to us, O oh Lord, in your own special way. We love you, Heavenly Father. We praise you. We magnify Thy most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so praise, praise God. Go forth and be blessed. And again, remember always that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to